Hey, you're listening to The Bible Guys, a podcast where a couple of friends talk about the Bible in fun and practical ways. Well, welcome back. He's Chris and I'm Jeff. We're The Bible Guys and we have an action-packed, exciting episode today as we talk about parables and weeds. (laughs) But first... Weeds. (laughs) Parables and weeds. But first... We have a very interesting, exciting, exciting uh, yeah, segment. segment. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, the goal yeah. for this segment is to do a shout out to a lot of our listeners who listen around. Uh, you know, we're located in Michigan, and there's yes. people obviously that listen that are far outside of Michigan. But we thought we would worldwide. highlight wide worldwide. Yes, worldwide. <laughs> World to the ends of the earth. Ends of the earth. There's people in Africa. No, forget it. It's true. Actually, it is true. Yep. Um, but I was going to say something about mud huts. You know, but. Maybe. Why, why would I? Why would I say Maybe. that? I don't know. So uh, let's move past that. So the point is, we would love to feature a city, and then for people in that city, if that's you, to write in and and uh, just let or us. Or from know. any other city, let us know where you're from. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what we're for trying sure. to figure out is where for everybody's sure. from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So let's give some clues and see if anybody can figure it out. Yes. So the first one is this city is known as the city of churches. City of churches. So see if you can get it out loud. Before, I wonder what one it is. We reveal it. The other one is uh, it's home to the world's largest pickle and vinegar processing plant. Yeah. Well, the people who live in this city already know what it is. Yeah, they already know. They already know. Okay, number three. In 1989, a youth pastor from this city designed and created the WWJD bracelets. What would Jeff do? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. That'd be Jesus. Jesus. What would Jesus do? That's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And then lastly, it hosts an annual Tulip Time Festival that attracts over a million tourists every year. Uh, That should be a big clue. Oh, that's a big clue. Okay. It is Holland, Holland, Michigan. Michigan. That's right. Yeah. So we have people all the way from Holland. Yes. Michigan. Which, by the way, listen to our podcast. Uh, my daughter wanted to go to a college in Holland uh-huh. uh, called Hope College. Uh-huh. And so we went out to Holland and we spent, uh, you know, like a couple of days out there. And we loved it. We fell in love with it because how could you not? It's so nice there. But yeah, it yeah. turns out that Hope College is only, but no for, hope for, her. only for rich people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so with no grants, no nothing. So she went hopeless? Well, she went to Grand Valley. That's oh, well, nothing you, to sneeze yeah. at. But it wasn't hope. It wasn't hope, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Hope thinks that they're, you know, yeah. <laughs> above Grand Valley, apparently. Okay. So, so hey, uh, if you're watching online, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, make sure you leave a comment and tell us where you're watching from. If you're uh, listening from some other platform, you know, uh, Spotify or whatever, uh, send us an email at info at thebibleguys.com. Yeah. And uh, we'll be able to highlight other cities around the world. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're filming from a different background. We actually are in our auditorium. Yes. Uh, so we're not in our normal podcast studio. Because they're doing construction. They're doing construction. So yeah. here we are. Here we are. And it looks nice. Hey, everyone. I'm not sure if you're an avid Facebook user, or maybe you're just the kind of person that feels like you have to have Facebook because, you know, it's a necessity in life. But either way, it does go a long way. If you were to share a link of the Bible Guys or to go to our Facebook and like it, because it'll connect us all. And so we'd appreciate you doing that. And we want everybody to see our happy faces. So today... We're picking up about why Jesus taught 
in parables, and he actually explains as to, you know, why he did this. Yeah, so I think we can just read it and be done, because he pretty much unpacks why. Oh, right, Here, right. Yeah. There's nothing. To, there's I don't nothing, know how much more we have to add to what Jesus There's nothing to, to add <laughs> to what Jesus says. So we're reading from Matthew chapter 13, and we'll start off in verse 34, and then we'll also read uh, Mark chapter 4. We'll start in verse 34. Which, by the way, every time you read a passage, there's sort of two components. You you uh, you dive deep, and there's a for, there's a component of ex- explanation, which is a deeper understanding of what he said, right, mm-hmm. or what the Bible says. Yeah. And then there's application. That's right. Which an application you can go all day long, right? All day. Right. So if there's if there's really not too much to explain, then we'll just go into the application part. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then if we can't think of anything to apply, we'll just tell stories for 20 minutes, and then. Be done. (laughs) No, no, I don't think so. Okay, bad strategy. So here we go. Matthew chapter 13, it says, Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. This fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet. I will speak to you in parables and I'll explain hidden things hidden since the creation of the world. In Mark chapter four, very similar, it says, Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterward, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. So then he goes on in Matthew 13, verse 36, and explains the parable of the weeds. Remember when we did the parable of the weeds? Yes. So he says, then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house and his disciples said, please explain, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. Jesus replied, the son of man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world and the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The son of man will send his angels and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. (laughs) I think in 31 years of ministry, this is the first time that I've ever read the explanation of a parable without reading the parable first. Without reading the parable. I know. And by the way, let's just be clear to explain. So we're reading directly out of the Chronological Life Application Study Bible, which actually uh, takes the harmony of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which often tell the same stories. Uh, A lot of the Gospels include all four stories, some in a couple different ones. And what they do is they sort of mash them together, and then we get like various accounts of the exact same story. Right, right. So what what it has done is it has mashed Matthew 13, Mark 4, and then the rest of Matthew 13, uh, or at least the, you know, the the the, yeah. um, the connecting two. passage, yeah. and, uh, and 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 this is the part where Jesus goes out of his way to explain a parable, but it doesn't actually let us read the parable. Right. Well, last week we finished up with uh, uh, the weeds and the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast. Yes. Remember? Yes. So we finished those, and then we're picking up, and that whole idea is not wasn't finished. Right, Last right, Friday, right. So here right. we are on Monday doing yeah, it. Yeah, right. It just happened to fall on a weekend. Right, right, yeah. right. Yep. So, so Jesus tells a story of a farmer scattering seed, and some fell on a on a stony path and and grew up because there was no roots. They choked up, and some fell and they took root, but then the thorns came up and choked them, and then some fell uh, off the path, and then the birds came and snatched them, and then some took root and grew up and and actually bared fruit. Right. 
Right. And then in this in this particular passage, he's actually explaining why he was saying that, because uh, remember, the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak in parables? And what the heck are you saying? Right. Right. And then Jesus decided to explain, you know, the the comparison. Do you you think that they were Jesus church members who came and said, Jesus, we just wish that you would preach deeper messages? Quit telling so many stories. Right is, that, right. is that what you think was? Right. Yeah. Give me meat and potatoes. Yeah. I just want more meat and potatoes. Quit telling so many stories. Dude, if I hear that one more time, <laughs> I want meat and potatoes. Fine. There's, yes, a, there's yes. an outback right right down yes, the street. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, uh, so what is the definition of a parable? Uh, the definition of a parable is a, well, I kind of like it to a metaphor, right? Mm-hmm. It's sort of a metaphor uh, because, uh, you know, a metaphor is, is, is not a simile. A simile is, it's sort of like it, but a metaphor is that thing. Yeah. And he'd often say, well, the farmer is God. The seed is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And, and in this case, what he's doing is, he, is he's making a direct comparison, which, by the way, is why I love teaching practically. Because if you've ever gone to a church service where somebody read something and you didn't understand it, and you walk out and you feel like, uh, oh man, I went to church and so I can check the box or you know, now it counts because I put in my religious duty. But if you don't understand what is being said, then you're missing the point because Jesus... Uh, you know, talked on the bottom level oftentimes. He's like, hey, look at that fig tree. Just like that fig tree produces, you know, an olive berry can't produce figs and all this kind of things. And I think that he does the same thing. I'm the shepherd. You are the sheep. Do you understand the comparison? Yes, Lord, we do, you know. And I think that uh, that's often uh, the most profound kind of teaching because we understand the dynamics of what he's talking about. So the definition of parable that I've always heard, it's kind of uh, a simplistic way of saying it, but it's a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Sure. Right? So he, he, would, use, he would use something that everybody was familiar with to connect to, to God's. It's, it's always the kingdom of heaven is like this. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's trying to explain something that's incomprehensible yeah. by using something that they already kind of understand. And then he... he well, connect the dots. Yeah. But he doesn't always connect the dots. Not always. He only does when the, when the disciples come back and say, uh, could you connect the dots for us? Right. We have no idea. At one point, the disciples come back to Jesus and go, we have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Right. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. And so there is a little bit of confusion sometimes when he tells a story about a farmer who's planting seed. And they're like, what are you talking about? Because I think humans don't naturally comprehend the things of God. Yeah. And so he has to help connect the dots. He's okay, well, let me explain. So the farmer is God. The seed is the word of God, right? There's mm-hmm. different kinds of people and how they respond to the word of God, that kind of thing. And so that's what he's doing here. But I think it's interesting. It says, in fact, he never spoke with, to them without using parables. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And, and by the way, he often said, he often said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And, and really what he's pointing out here is he's talking about the condition or the heart or the desire of the listener. Yeah. Right. And so it, it really does depend on those who seek meeting. So if you really truly seek, just like the disciples, you knock on Jesus's door and say, could you 
explain that a little bit more? You right, know, right. what do you what did you mean by destroying the temple and rebuilding it in three days? <laughs> right. Because I'm pretty sure it took them a long time to build this temple, right. and I don't get it. You know, and he's like, uh, like the belly of Jonah, and he, they're like, oh, I'm starting to get it. So I think that um, when he says, "He who has ears to hear, let him hear," he's talking about the condition of the listener, yeah. and and I honestly believe that if you Try to think. Okay, what did God mean about this? Let me press into this. Let me let me uh, let me do a deep dive and let me try to really let God uh, unpack the spiritual truths that are spoken in His wisdom words. Then I think what happens is is that God does such things. God does that. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you read a passage of scripture and you're like, God, let me let me pray about this. Help me to understand. And then as you're even preparing for sermons or whatever, uh, it's all of a sudden it's just like these truths sort of leap off the pages. Right. And they just enter into your thoughts and your mind and your spirit. And you're like, oh, I never saw that before. And I think that it's the condition of the heart, which, by the way, is the point of the parable of the soil. Yeah. It, it's it's the condition of the soil, really, that's the featured uh, point of this story. Yeah. Yeah. In, uh, in, so you went to Bible college in Bible college. There's always a class. We usually have two classes, one hermeneutics and one homiletics. Yeah. Right. 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 So hermeneutics is how to understand the Bible. Homiletics is how to teach the Bible. Dr. Gleason taught both. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. 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 So in the homiletics class, how to teach the Bible, um, I, we were warned about being too illustrative in our teaching. We were, we were taught you need to have a compelling opening, yep. right? Um, then usually three points if you're trying to preach for 30 or 45 minutes. Yeah, it's says, like says the preachers from the 70s. Three, three alliterated <laughs> points. Right. They need to have A's or S's or yeah, L's yeah, as the yeah, first, yeah. Uh, you know, as, as, the, as the points. Then there needs to be like a heart-grabbing moment a poem yeah a tear-jerking illustration a poem. right <laughs> right is when's it the is last it? time when's <laughs> the last time you pulled out a poem hey i still hear preachers use poems right yeah and and, and so there there's supposed to be a, like a heart grabbing illustration a tear-jerking illustration something like that and then a call to uh repentance or a yeah. call to a decision or right action or something yeah rarely an action but yeah um to to repentance or to a decision and that was it. And so there are people even today who would say the appropriate Bible teaching yeah. is to start at one verse, end at, at, end at a later verse in the same passage, and go phrase by phrase by phrase by phrase. And that's the only right way to preach. Expository preaching is the only right way to preach. So that, right? that <clears throat> indicates to me that anybody sitting around a campfire in the, in the first century mm -hmm. who talked about the Bible... Yeah, uh, it was inappropriate. It was inappropriate. Well, so there's a difference between, there's a difference between <laughs> sitting around talking about the Bible like we are. We're just a couple yeah. guys just sitting here talking about the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and preaching. And so people would say that the appropriate preaching was, is, uh, well, you know, well, uh, what, they, what they call expository preaching. Start at one point, end at the other point. I don't disagree with that. I think that expository preaching is great. So, the idea is to expose the meaning of the text, but that's not what Jesus did. Yeah. Jesus did not start at one place in the Bible and end at another place. Jesus always only taught parables. So, so that means that the Apostle Paul in Acts 17 of the Acropolis uh, yeah. had a horrible, yeah, he messed un it up. unbiblical sermon. If, if, if only he knew, <laughs> if, only the, if, he, if only he'd had a seminary professor explain to him <laughs> right. the appropriate way to preach. <laughs> I'm telling you what, you know what? It, it, it's, it's actually not the method that's, that's a bad teaching. Like if somebody told me in a Bible college class, <laughs> like this is the great way to preach, I'd be like, absolutely. Sure, that's sure. A it's a good way. way. Yeah, yeah. But, but then oftentimes what happens is they go that extra mile and let's it's say- the 
way. It, right. They'll say, they'll say it's the only way. And any, any other way is wrong. And, right. and so you're now excommunicated from Baptist Bible College, which, by the, the way, happens, so, so the idea, happens every five minutes. <laughs> so the, the, the idea is to expose <laughs> God's words to the people, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, how do you do that? Jesus found that the best way for people who didn't know anything they did not understand the kingdom of God at all. Right. They knew about God. Right. They knew the rules. They knew the commandments, all this stuff, but they didn't know God. They didn't have a relationship with him. And so Jesus was connecting heaven to earth. And the way to do that was to take things they knew about. They knew about farmers. They knew about sheep. They yeah. knew about, right? And he connected heaven to earth in a way that would capture their attention long enough so he could capture their, their hearts for God and God's kingdom, right? And then... Uh, and then if they asked, mm-hmm. he would say, let me unpack it for you. Here's what it means. And he would connect the dots for them in, in a meaningful way that hopefully would draw them to an understanding more of God's kingdom, their role in it, and call them to action. Yeah. Right? And I think that that's what preaching is, uh, regardless of the formula or the, the, the tools that you use to yeah. get it there. It's connecting heaven down to earth in practical ways. Yeah. So um, one of the best books that I ever read... <clears throat> Uh, was uh, Communicating for a Change by Andy Stanley. And I think that a lot of our listeners who are Bible college students, I think would probably benefit from reading that. And, uh, and, and they, like, just like you said a minute ago, there's many ways to preach, right? right. Many ways. And so I don't disagree with any method. There, there, there's my way and everybody else's way. Right, there, correct. There, there's the right way. Correct, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but let me tell you the, the point of me mentioning this is that uh, what I discovered is, and we even talked about this last night with the elders. Yeah. We talked about like a, a different way to approach. And I think, I think that this by far, by far, by leap years, it is the best way to connect with people who are far from God because you already have the people who are interested. The people who come through the door like, hey, I'm a Christian for 30 years, uh, 20 years, whatever, and I'm going to listen. Like they can put up with seven minutes of introductory felt need kind of conversation because you have them already. But the people who come in and they're like, I don't like church. I can't believe my neighbor brought me here. And I just cannot believe that I'm sitting here. And instead of going directly into something that they do not care about, what happens is you sort of have to cater to them, which is like, uh, I'm trying to capture their attention. Yeah. Capture their attention. Mm -hmm. And you sort of have to meet them where they are, which is why I believe that what I normally do is, so I do it a little different than, than what the book says. Mm -hmm. But Andy calls it me, we, God, you, we, which is hard to remember. And he says, me, we, is that you have to build attention. And basically, if you're talking about worry, here's what he says. He goes, me says, hey, I worry. And then uh, we says, don't we all worry? We all worry. And then God says, uh, what does God say about worry? And then you, the you part says, what should you do do about worry? in light of what God says about worry. Right. And then the we that he has is very different at the end. Uh, very different. Uh, he, he says, what would it look like if we all stopped worrying? Right. right. And so he has that sort of like a conclusion yeah. punch. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, and, and I think, I think what ends up happening is the people who just really have a hard time connecting to why I should be listening to this, to this pastor right now. Yeah. I think if you spend the first few minutes trying to grab their attention, they go, Oh, so there is a reason why I should pay attention, yeah. which is the only reason why I gravitate toward that style. 
But I really do think that uh, that there is a, uh, uh, a benefit of just being well read and understanding the different approaches to communicating. Which, by the way, uh, if I'm doing like a Wednesday night, like a believers type service yeah. where there's only like 300 people in the room and, yeah. and they're all like super Christians, or have you ever spoken at a chapel at a Christian college? One right? time. For real? One time. Wow. Yep. Uh, well, anyway, but if you ever speak at a Christian school chapel, whatever it is, right. like you don't have to do any of that, right? Like you can go right in and just go, thus saith the Lord. And, yeah. and, and you know, whether they, you know, are with you or not is another thing. But at least they're in terms of like, you know, engaged. You don't have to prep them for anything. Yeah. So then the, the point with Jesus teaching <clears throat> uh, was... Well, the, what, the result of Jesus' teaching is that many times in the Gospels, the people go, wow, he doesn't teach like the Pharisees teach. He mm. teaches with authority. Yeah. Right? And, and so they were very compelled by the fact that he wasn't coming in with a professor view or a professor approach, a lecture-based approach, um, or even a chit-chatty, conversational, like a, like a synagogue kind of a thing where experts stand up and debate an idea in a conversational way and all the non-experts sit around and watch it. Instead, Jesus came directly to the people. Mm. This, it, Jesus did not approach the kingdom of God and the teaching about the kingdom of God as if it's an expert-based uh, faith. Instead, he took it right to the farmers. He took it right to the fishermen. Yeah. He took it right to the housewives and said, you can understand it because you're part of it too. Yeah. Right? And that's one of the things I love about the way that Jesus taught. He put it on the bottom shelf where all of us can reach it. And, and that's, you know, if I'm going to make a mistake, that's the mistake I want to make is try to make sure that every person sitting in a room from start to end can grasp the ideas of God. And then just let the yeah. words of God be what penetrates the heart, yeah. not me and my formula that's trying to... Yeah, well, I mean, I was told a long time ago, God promises to bless his words, not ours. That's right. right? That's right. So that, that's where the power comes from. Yep. And by the way, let, let's, uh, let maybe a last wrapping up thought could be this, is that let's all keep in mind that simple is not a synonym for easy. Oh, right. Right? So simple... Or could, dumbed down. It's not dumbed down just because it's right. simple. Yeah, right. So yeah. simple is a simple concept that Jesus delivers. And, uh, and, and, it's, and those simple concepts are very hard to do. Yeah. Right? They're just simple to understand. Right. And so oftentimes when somebody, you know, says, I want more meat and potatoes, that's fine. Uh, we all we all love meat and potatoes. In fact, that's actually scriptural and biblical, right? Yeah, absolutely. We, we all want meat and potatoes. Uh, but there the, is more. There's yeah, more. There, there's definitely more for sure. Mm -hmm. but, but just keep in mind that that doesn't always mean the complexities and the details and more knowledge. Uh, it, it's actually, it, it, as, long as, as long as we understand, you know, it's not about information. It's about application. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, uh, what's life changing about God's word is not how much you know. What's right. life changing about God's word is how much you do. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, that's a great place to end. And so we will see you next time on The Bible Guys.